senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlife podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. This is episode 53, and everything has gone to hell. Really it, hoped you were going to end up with everything is awesome. <laughs> You've had that goddamn song <laughs> locked in your head for a week and a half, haven't you? Fucking Lego movie. We finally, we pulled it off of the TiVo <laughs> and yeah, had about nine drinks and watched it. And it was very entertaining. But yeah, that theme song is just clamped into your head. You know things have gone wrong when I'm drunkenly looking for guitar tabulature so that I can play the goddamn thing later. <laughs> oh, God, please don't do that. Oh, it could happen. It's by the grace of God I've, <laughs> I've kept it barely out of my head. You're not helping by humming it everywhere we go. Humming? <laughs> uh, yes, and during the sound check, shrieking it into my headphones. It's It not only is stuck in my head, I believe it did brain damage. You it need just... to get me to a karaoke bar stat. Yeah, no, we can't do that yet. <laughs> we certainly can't do that today. But Oh, sports ball. Uh, well, the one thing I'll give the Lego movie, it's a better Batman movie than Batman and Robin. <laughs> this it, is true. It's at least got that going for it. <laughs> I may have left something in the toilet this morning that was a better Batman movie than Batman and Robin. I have no doubt that you did. You really should flush, goddammit. It's... <laughs> It's a terrible thing to walk into when you wake up hungover. Uh, sorry. <laughs> but, and on that note, thank you very much for listening. Good night. <laughs> thank God. I was about to make a bat deuce joke. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a, we're taping this wicked early on Sunday for a variety of reasons. The, the biggest one being it's the big game, the, a bowl that is super. I'm still not 100% sure whether I can actually say the name of it or not. Uh... But... I've seen it both ways. Yes. I don't want to get sued by the NFL, although based on what we've seen NFL leadership do over the last eight months, I don't think they could land on me with both feet if they had a fucking bomb site. But why fuck around? I don't want to I don't want to hire another lawyer. So You can make a joke about how they could have the tape with proof and yet they still wouldn't be able to make it stick. So Yeah, you know. there's that. So <laughs> but so yeah, that's coming up and we are based in Boston, we said in last week's show. We don't follow football but you kind of have to watch the game when you're from here and the new england patriots are in it because the very even when the patriots aren't in it it's an excuse to get hammered on a sunday and show up at work just crippled because everybody else is or work from home crippled because everybody else will be well that's the other bonus right? <laughs> we're gonna have our second foot of snow here in the last six days coming on monday so i may not be going anywhere until tuesday everything is awesome <laughs> you shut up <laughs> you stop that right now and it's weird, we were going to watch the game partially, you know, like everybody else, to watch the commercials, but for the last few years, it's also been the big superhero and genre movies. That's yep. when they air their trailers. Almost all of them have leaked their trailers already. Pretty much. I mean, I've already seen the uh, Terminator one, which makes me really excited to watch whatever's on TV whenever <laughs> that opens. I, I've managed to avoid most of them, now, I think. I'm not a roboticist, but... I don't think the Terminator should get old and fat. I'm just, I don't think that's how robots work. We, we've got a floor vacuuming robot, and it really looks like it's given up. It just stays rectangular. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure where this uh, new 
flabby model of Terminator has come from, but is 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 Schwarzenegger gone to 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 punch? Is that <laughs> well? I mean, compared to Terminator One and Two, which shouldn't make a difference. He's supposed to be a robot. At a certain point, you have to cut your losses and say this man can't play this anymore. Or maybe he's now even more realistic because he's got saggy skin action. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to sell at Toys R Us this year. A new Terminator with man tits. <laughs> Nobody wants that. The man boobinator. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, the new ad for Avengers is already leaked. And not even leaked, yeah. they're just being released. They're on YouTube like three or four days ahead of time. So we've seen all of them. Except you just saw just before we uh, yeah, went on the air. Yeah, in Tech Times, and it's, and it's in a couple of other places. Uh, the rumor is now that we may possibly see a Batman versus or Superman versus Batman Dawn of Justice teaser of some sort. Yeah. Oh no, it's Batman versus Superman. Is it? Oh yeah, because even in Superman's own franchise, he doesn't <laughs> get any fucking respect these days. Um, so there there may be a teaser dropped for that this evening. All right, so certainly a good excuse to watch the game on top of the ten beers and the seven layer dip that you've promised you'll make. I, I promise a lot of things. <laughs> Well, that's if we have any other time. That's the other reason we're taping this early. It's the the sad thing is, believe it or not, this massive media empire that we run isn't enough to pay the mortgage. So we've got day jobs, and <laughs> and of course my day I've been getting calls from them all day to log into the computer and do stuff. So I've basically had to go dark early so that we can quickly do the show and still make it you know, as good as we can. But there's nothing worse on bowl of super sunday to i'm i'm getting to the point where i'm ignoring work emails but i'm contemplating from about five o'clock on friday to about seven o'clock on monday morning just leaving one of those automated so if somebody pings my account amanda has left the office here. no leave this <laughs> not even supposed to be here today <laughs> i'm gonna start shrieking that into my phone if it starts buzzing during the show so it's, it, it encroaches and it, it makes one needlessly stressed out <laughs> Yeah, well, welcome to 21st century America. Yeah. You know, the technology that allows us to basically have a radio station in our second bedroom also means that the office can find you. I'm still rooting for a snow day tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll hope for the best because my car ain't making it through that shit. So. So you, you and I were talking mostly sober about. That couldn't have been me. <laughs> About the possibility of, of starting a Kickstarter just so that you could fund buying the killer robot. Oh, Have you yeah. thought about this any further? I, I've done nothing but think about it. I've <laughs> gone so far as to go to Indiegogo and start looking at how you set up a campaign. <laughs> just to, won't you please help a middle-aged, upper-middle-class white guy who just needs a million three for a killbot. <laughs> but I, I haven't gone through to, to pull the trigger yet. I think it'd be funny just to see if we get any money. Yeah, there's nobody out there right now that has an Indiegogo or a Kickstarter so that people will just give them money so they can buy somebody else's killer robot. If you throw um, Kickstarter for killer robot into Google, I came up with one for one from like 2012 for some folks over in Somerville, Mass, who were doing something out of a makerspace to make a, a, a six-legged six legged killbot named stompy oh yeah which uh, <laughs> yeah you showed me that and it crawls like a bug and it's giant and it will crush things but it doesn't have a machine gun no so. not yet 
It's uh, and look, this is not a <laughs> this is not just a bullshit way to hort cash out of the listeners. It, it if, looked like they made their their target in like eleven days, which says to me you need a stretch goal for like a Gatling gun. <laughs> well, I mean, if they'll make it for me, the thing is, I'm not building it. This is if I do it, it's not a way to to scam money out of listeners. It, it's purely I'll buy the fucking thing. <laughs> Believe me, the money will go to a kill bot. <laughs> That's you know, not so I can get caviar and get hammered on fine Russian vodka. I'll spend my own money on that, driving my kill bot. <laughs> you know, I'm willing to offer gifts, such as if you show up, I'll let you look at the kill bot. I, <laughs> I'm not a monster for fuck's sake. No, can, I, can I touch it? <laughs> Kid, can I can I can I lay my hand gently upon it? <laughs> uh, gently, be very fucking careful with my kill bot because. If you smile, it'll shoot me. Well, yeah, because I will have a kill bot. I'm not going to be a guy you want to fuck around with, but I haven't quite decided if I want to pull the trigger on that. But Listening audience, weigh in. <laughs> yeah, tell me how much you'll get. If it looks like I'll get a million three, I'll kick the fucker up. What the hell? <laughs> I guarantee you, I won't spend it on, you know, pussy and beer. I'll, I'll buy the goddamn robot. I'll send you a picture of me with a robot. Just drooling and grinning. <laughs> The machine gun going off because I'm smiling. Okay. <laughs> why? Why do you bring this up? Have you found something else awesome? No, I haven't. Um, no. Well, there is nothing more awesome. <laughs> no. Um, in fact, in in absolutely the opposite direction this week, uh, the the goofy geek news of the week was that Barbie, the the doll. Uh, is coming out with a line of <laughs> thank you for clarifying that of power princess superhero toys for girls, all in uh, their their pink, uh, or they wear pink and they have tiaras with masks attached to them. Uh huh. We were somewhere around Barstow, on the edge of the desert, when the drugs began to take hold. You're kidding me, right? I am not kidding you. It's mostly to hype some Barbie animated movie that's coming out, but. <laughs> It's <laughs> will that have a song as good as everything is awesome? Otherwise, Probably I'm not, not watching it. Probably not. Um, in reading, everything is frilly, <laughs> everything is cool when you follow the men. <laughs> now we get sued. <laughs> it's not going to be the NFL. That's <laughs> fair use parody. <laughs> uh, big toy is coming after you. <laughs> you just want to suck the joy out of everything. But I, I gather, uh, the, the Barbie line purports they want to make a line of superhero toys for girls. Um, Barbie gets her magical powers by being kissed by a magical butterfly. What? I, all right, first of all, what's, <laughs> what's her code name? Is it Barbie? Does she have a secret identity? No, there is actually a secret identity, um, but I have the Dawn of Justice ad on my uh, thing on my phone, <laughs> not the Barbie. That's okay. It's the blue sky ad. Give me an idea. <laughs> Um, she runs around, she has adventures, uh, Ken often gets damseled, so she has to save him. Well, he's got no balls, he needs all the help he can get. I know. Um, and she has an alternate life as a princess, but just has a normal life somehow, despite the fact that she's a princess. Uh, so, alright, so she's a princess- superhero yes who was gifted powers by making out with a transmorphed insect yes and saves ken 
Yes. Although she apparently doesn't need Ken because she's playing tonsil hockey with a upscale caterpillar. I think I saw that when it was called Alice in Wonderland. I think and it I, was just as psychedelic and trippy. I think I... Oh, here's the picture. Not that this helps you at home. But uh, here, take a look at this, Rob. What? That's porn. What the fuck are you... <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's pink. It's so pink. So is that a cape or a butterfly wings yes. erupting from her butthole? It's both. Well, it's both. Barbie. She and I think the important hole. thing is also the uh, the sparkly bustier, which empowers and lifts and supports. Well, it, <laughs> it does for me. I mean, um, but yeah, there's the pink tiara with a mask is attached. A, is that a magic wand, or is she just rocking a dildo? Or am I just you're showing it to me on a six inch screen? I can't tell what's. No, she's she's got pink cuffs. Like if if one... cuffs? Is that how no? She they're rocks? they're like Wonder Woman's cuffs, but pink. Okay. And she's got pink go-go boots because those are practical for kicking ass and some sort of black belt. Amanda, we read modern superhero comics. If go-go boots were an impediment to superheroics, there would be no female superheroes. Uh, her crime-fighting alter ego is super sparkle. Oh, my fucking God. Yep. <laughs> um, like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. That's just horrible. And when she is um, not super sparkle... Uh, she is a princess named Kara, because I guess Barbie just isn't cool enough a name for... Uh, I... so... <laughs> All right, so she is a princess with a secret identity as a superhero. Yes. That works out, because I think we've seen in the real world that modern royalty rarely has the press following them, at least not for very long, assuming they're going through a tunnel. <laughs> oh, and the, and the best part is uh, the dolls were unveiled at the Toy Fair in Nuremberg, also known for <laughs> supervillain trials. <laughs> All right, so she's close to the hog. I respect that. <laughs> um, and they, they flew her around on wires in front of the crowd. Um, the, the premise is she's not going to be a, a character who goes around throwing punches and kicking ass. Um, they, they wanted her to use her powers of forgiveness and friendship to defeat her foe in a way that only Barbie can. <laughs> I think that involves taking their genitals. <laughs> yeah, the genitals have gone away. Hey, you throw me a dream Corvette, I'll, I'll stop robbing the bank too. <laughs> uh, when we took the cat's nuts, you stopped trying to destroy everything in the house. And <laughs> That's not true when you fucking know this. <laughs> um, let's see. Lori Pantel, the vice president of global brand marketing for Barbie. I'm getting this off of the Mary Sue website. Um, we know that girls, too, enjoy empowered heroes, but seek an outcome where the perceived bad characters transform to good and friendship is the lasting result. We thought it was time they were inspired by a new superhero that is playful, has extraordinary abilities, and also uses her powers of forgiveness and friendship to defeat her foe in a way that only Barbie can. <laughs> Son of a bitch. That's, that's awful. <laughs> Yeah, um, it, the the writer of the article goes on to make a point that, you know, it seems like Barbie's line here is playing into the whole boys want to, you know, break things and defeat them versus girls want to fix them to make them better. And it, I don't know that that's a road that anybody needs to continue to go down. <laughs> uh, I don't know how they learn that if these are the fucking toys that are made available to little girls. <laughs> well, I'm just... I don't know if if I had like you know superhero Barbie as a kid and I had a little brother. I'm fairly certain that 
my little brother would be like, no, I'm still not playing with a girl toy, whereas I'd still be stealing his, you know, $6 million man action figure. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he'd be cutting the hair off of Super Sparkle Barbie or whatever the hell oh, her yeah. name is. Oh, my God. Hey, guess what? Her superpowers do not include being impervious to flame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, boys just like to destroy things. That's why the Lego movie, we're the only people in America who've seen it. <laughs> Then again, I never had Legos as a kid. I never wanted them because I like breaking stuff. So I'm, I'm the rule. I'm not even the exception that proves the rule. I had the Lego. I had a Lego set until I lost most of them between the crevices in my deck. Yeah, I had one that I didn't even want to build. I just gave it to my dad and said, "Build me this helicopter." And then I played with a helicopter. <laughs> and the the only positive about it was would be when I would break it, I could be dad rebuild this helicopter. I couldn't do that with like my X wing or my Tie fighter or actually I had the Tie fighter. My brother had the X wing. Ah, and I think I've told this <laughs> this story on the show before. When I got the Tie Fighter, the big selling point was it had flyaway wings, which cool. in reality was when you press a button, the wings would pop off like they'd been shot by the X Wing, like they did in the movie. So yeah. you could have a wing pop off and have it spin. At six, I thought it meant that they would make the Tie Fighter fly. So within ten minutes of having it, I chucked the fucking thing off my back deck. <laughs> <laughs> and the wings did, in fact, fly off. As it crashed to Earth. As it did. <laughs> my, my dad was able to fix that one. but Well, it's educational. You learned about gravity. Oh, I knew, <laughs> I knew about gravity. I learned about false advertising is what I ah, learned about. That's, that's a hard dollar for a kid. Yeah. So. I may as well have told you that Santa wasn't real. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that came around. I learned that. I learned that about a year ago. Santa's not Wait, what? <laughs> But. Which is one of the greatest scenes in one of the comic books we will be reviewing later. Um, Quantum and Woody Must Die. That was a good book. There's, we, there's an excellent scene related to somebody finding out Santa isn't real. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was not nearly as cool as a killer robot, but worthy of mentioning just because it's still in that what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Keep finding what the fuck things. <laughs> That's just baffling to me, but. Yeah. I mean, there's regular. If your child, if if your girl child wants to play with superhero toys, there are plenty that are available, and perfectly reasonable. Yeah, that come with their own play sets. The only positive to this I can see is you can have Princess Kara. Is that her yeah, name? Yes. Princess Kara live in Barbie's dream house, which doesn't even have a Gatling gun. No, it doesn't. It's a really mixed message you're sending. Well, it just I wonder. You know, if this does even remotely well, because it's a Barbie doll, so there's a market for it. Somebody's going to buy this shit. Why DC can't look at that and then decide, you know, now is a good time to really not fuck up Amethyst. Well, <laughs> Marvel is certainly doing their best to not fuck them up. Yeah. Yeah, you know, between Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel, and they got a bunch of them. But, I mean, that that would totally play into, you could have overlap with that particular demographic. You could have the Amethyst Dreamhouse. You could have, you know, she's got a horse. <laughs> True. And if they just would start the first issue without, say, an attempted rape, the way they did last time around, maybe you've got something for the kids. I don't disagree. <laughs> but. That's that's a whole other set of issues with the new 52. <laughs> All right, here's the funny thing. We didn't plan any of this out ahead of time, I swear to God. <laughs> but you're talking about female empowerment and childhood. So do you want to talk about Ghostbusters? 
Wow, look at us. Honest to God, we didn't plan any of this shit. We wanted to talk about Ghostbusters, but we had no way to get into it. This is good. We should have no segs, like, more often. We we never have segues. We have pause for segue. That's the best we can do. We should have a sound clip that says pause for segue. No, I'll see if I can pull it out of this episode. All right, be quiet for a sec. Pause for segue. All right, so that's uh, about what time? 2041. I'll see if I can find it. But yeah, uh, the new Ghostbusters, uh, the probable cast, because apparently they haven't all been signed yet, but the probable cast was announced this week. Yes. Uh, Director Paul Fague, I think I'm pronouncing that right. That sounds right. He directed uh, Bridesmaids and The Heat. Yep. Um, And some spy movie now that's got Melissa McCarthy in it. Yeah. So It's called Spy. (laughs) All right, as long as his titles are on target. Yes. um, So yeah, his cast right now... uh, Melissa McCarthy, uh, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, uh, and Leslie Jones. And I, I'm I'm not going to bullshit. I have no idea who Kate McKinnon or Leslie Jones are. I believe they are on the most current incarnation of Saturday Night Live. Which is what I understand. Um, but I stopped watching Saturday Night Live as soon as I had regular access to beer and cable television. <laughs> um, I think the last time I sat down to watch Saturday Night Live on purpose Nirvana was the fucking musical guest. So I am not up on SNL these days. Well, yeah, it wasn't on purpose. But the last time that in my recent memory we watched it was we were up in New Hampshire uh, after Fun Spot because there was nothing else to do. Including no Wi-Fi. And that's all right. There was no show that week. So, <laughs> yes, that's true. And it was it was not bad. I'm all about early Saturday Night Live. Yeah. The, the first five seasons and even some of the Joe Piscopo, Eddie Murphy stuff. But as I got older... Yeah, there were just more things to do on Saturday night you know, than watch Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and I I think also as they were heading into the latter part of the 80s into the early 90s, this is where uh, basic cable really started to kind of amp up. And even though the programming was weak and oddly, not oddly, weak and narrow casted, because if you have a channel like arts and entertainment at that time they were actually showing musicals i I saw sunday in the park with george with mandy patinkin on arts and entertainment once upon a time you you poor bastard (laughs) and it had brent spinner spiner um from star trek the guy who played data (laughs) all right and madeline Kahn. i think that's i think that was who was in it yeah i'd have to go back and look (laughs) no you don't have to it's okay i don't think i'm gonna be looking for it um so, you know, at this point, you've got Comedy Central actually doing stand-up comedy and showing things like Kids in the Hall, and it was all new and and refreshing because if you were living out in the sticks and couldn't get to the big city to see this kind of entertainment, this was, was the new jam. You weren't watching Saturday Night Live. You were watching Comedy Central. Oh, yeah. And, and it was also stand-up comedy is cheap. Yeah. You need a microphone, <laughs> you need a camera, and you can put it on TV. So it was everywhere. Right. So that's a, that's where I started to fall away from Saturday Night Live because there was new, more interesting stuff I hadn't seen before over on this other channel. Uh, me, I just found uh, booze and broad. So. <laughs> well, you also started going out and doing your own. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true, as did you. But Well, that was later, though. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's hard to watch comedy on Saturday night when you're trying to do the comedy on Saturday exactly. night. So, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I, I have no idea who's on Saturday Night Live these days. But yeah, back in the day, the early ones, and a large part of it was because of Ghostbusters. 
Yeah. Now, in Saturday Night Live debuted, you and I were four years old. Yeah. I don't think I got to see any of them until the first one I saw live was like New Year's Eve in 1979. Uh, and it was one where Belushi guest hosted. So that was a good place to start. But even then, it didn't really stick to my head. Right. But it was Ghostbusters that did it. And it took me a long time to see Ghostbusters because it's, it's hard for, you know, you damn kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these days, you, when you go to the movies, it's a 16 theater multiplex. Right. And at the time, you know, back in 1984, we had a bunch of two screen theaters and a one screen theater downtown. And if you went, you know, Closer to the bigger city, the biggest one, I think, was a six-theater multiplex. So Ghostbusters just wasn't playing in my town. And, you know, I was part of it was also I was 13. Mm -hmm. So my parents were a little bit nervous about me seeing a movie based on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> They'd seen it. It had that reputation. So it opened in June that year. I didn't wind up seeing it until August. And, oh, my God, once I saw it, it's... <laughs> They still thought it was a kind of dirty movie, so they wouldn't let me get a t-shirt. So like, as soon as we went back to school in September, in industrial arts in junior high, <laughs> they were doing silk screening. I made a Ghostbusters t-shirt. I spent a fucking year, because this is, when it came out, we had just gotten a VCR, yeah. but movies were still like $90 to get them. So I spent a year looking for the novelization <laughs> of Ghostbusters, and it never came. It finally came out like two years later. I found it in one bookstore. I still have the fucking thing. Um, it's the first movie because movies cost $90. I pirated it Wow. with a, with a rented VCR <laughs> and RCA cables, and it took me three tries. I had the rented VCR on a TV tray. And the dog would bump into it, and it would stop, and I'd be shit, I'd have to start all the way over, and that 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 speaks volumes <laughs> about you oh, as yeah. a child. <laughs> but at the same, that got me interested in Bill Murray, which got me interested in early Saturday Night Live, and from there it was John Belushi, and that got me interested in more aggressive forms of sort of angry comedy, which got me to Sam Kinison, that got me to Bill Hicks, and that made me want to do stand-up comedy. So in a really real sense. Ghostbusters changed the course of my life. So Wow. Yeah, see, I just I I just enjoyed it and I I was I was fascinated by the, even though I knew it was a goofy comedy, I, I liked the ghosts and the special effects and all of that. So for Halloween that year I went as a Peter Venkman. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, that, that's the other thing. If push ever comes to shove at a comic convention we go to and it's like mandatory cosplay, Ghostbuster is something that a fat drunk can <laughs> at least show up as and not you know, attract too much attention. I built my own proton pack <laughs> out of a shoebox, <laughs> some tubes. <laughs> that's not bad work. The, the ones we see at Comic-Con are... Are far <laughs> more, yeah. Well, this is before it was easy, not easy, not that it's easy to get cosplay stuff now, but like what, 1984? Yeah, I, you know, it's not, there's no eBay for that shit then. <laughs> there's no, no, there is not. There, there's no Craigslist. There's no, you know, Cosplay Central, whatever website. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think like the, the cheap ads in the back of comic books were build your own proton pack. Because believe me, I, I had sent my $4. And... No, my costume was made out of a corduroy top and matching corduroy bottoms uh, that were tan. <laughs> All right, at least you got the color right. Yeah, I, I had, um, I had some sort of nondescript utility belt. Uh, I, I made like a really shitty Ghostbusters logo out of paper that I safety pinned. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, I put some sort of name badge on there. It was 
It was really low rent, but I I, I was I was feeling it. There you go. That's and, <laughs> and that, my shoebox proton pack. <laughs> and that's kind of the effect that Ghostbusters had on people from Generation X, yeah. particularly people with more of a comedy interest in Bend. Right. You know, it was it was not Star Wars, but it was up there. Yeah, and it was also about the time because you know I'm heading into into junior high. This is about when I realized, huh. I like the guys with the sense of humor. So you you can thank Bill Murray for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a lot to thank him for. <laughs> but so so yeah, there's a certain percentage of people, probably younger, who grew up having seen Ghostbusters on TV or maybe watched the cartoon for whom, oh, it it's important, but it's not this huge a thing. Yeah. Now because of that, when Paul Feig made the announcement of four female Ghostbusters in a rebooted universe, people lost their shit this week. They did. It, and, yeah. It's like It was like dogs and cats had started to live together. Mass hysteria. It was mass hysteria <laughs> with, without the entertainment of watching a dog try to fuck a cat. <laughs> Somewhere on the internet, people just say, yes, it's true, this man has no dick and refer in reference to the director. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, I, I grabbed some of the tweets that I saw. Um, There's a lot of sexist horseshit. <laughs> and, and for people defending Ghostbusters, it, none of it's funny. I mean, we, we've got, uh, here's a quote. The new Ghostbusters movie won't have proton packs. The women will just bitch at the ghosts until they fuck off. Um. The other one I got, uh, I was disappointed to see Melissa McCarthy in the new Ghostbusters cast until I realized they had to cast someone as the Marshmallow Man. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. That guy worked on that tweet all day. <laughs> but. Did he write it in crayon? <laughs> that guy was a jackass. Hey, can you tweet in crayon? <laughs> Possibly. I mean, they're coming out with new emojis all the time in different fonts. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But. <laughs> and you pointed this out to me. Uh, here's Here's everybody's. Everybody's rich douchebag buddy, Donald Trump. Believe it or not, he had a comment. They're remaking Indiana Jones without Harrison Ford. You can't do that. And now they're making Ghostbusters with only women. What's going on? No, wait, wait, let me. Speaking of the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> what a bunch of a-holes. Um, and... <laughs> No, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I think my favorite response to that that particular um, Instagram was somebody uh, tweeted a, a picture of, of Abe Simpson <laughs> with a, a headline, an old man shouts at clouds. Yeah. <laughs> now, we, we're comic geeks. We, we have had this kind of reaction to certain news that we've gotten as a longtime Ghostbuster fan, I'm, I'm just, I'm not feeling that. No, I, I'm, because number one, there's nothing about the Ghostbusters that is inherently masculine, besides Peter Venkman being a poonhound, right? And that could be anybody, any human could be out there trolling for whatever <laughs> piece yeah. of flesh you happen to enjoy. Yeah, Winston said, "Is is there a paycheck in it?" Okay, <laughs> yeah. Anybody can be a creep trying to get laid. It doesn't have to be a dude. So yeah, I, I, I mean, is it a completely different tact in terms of how they have cast it? Yes, 
Let's go back a couple of steps, though. First Ghostbuster movie. Everybody thought it was awesome. Or I'm going to speak for the world. Everybody thought it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And 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 we loved the hell out of it. Um, and then without gender swapping it, without even recasting it in any way, they made Ghostbusters 2 and then already fucked it up. So why are people bitching? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ghostbusters 2 was a fucking abomination. <laughs> like Ghostbusters 2 is like, you know, it, it should have primed me for, for the Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> Like if I if I thought I understood disappointment, <laughs> that really you're right. That was like the first sequel where it's ooh oh I didn't want this. This is no. I I was happier before this happened. Yeah, it's yeah, oh god. I specifically spent. You were there. I when I bought uh, when I upgraded from DVD to Blu-ray on Ghostbusters. I spent extra to get just Ghostbusters on Blu-ray. Because it would have been cheaper to get the Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 combo pack. I'm like, I don't want that piece of shit in my house. Yeah, I I shouldn't, after I go see a sequel to a movie that I've loved, then go back to the real Ghostbusters cartoon to try to get the stink off. Yeah. (laughs) Thank God that was there. Oh, please, Lorenzo Music, do your best, Vinkman. Please. (laughs) That's the thing. I never watched a lot of the cartoon because also having seen the movie when I was 13, it was kind of the sweet spot where I was starting to get old enough where I didn't watch Saturday morning cartoons, mostly because I was in high school at that point. So I was going out on Friday and Saturday nights and sleeping in. So I just, and yeah, doing homework or hanging out at school late. Some of us were going to bed at a reasonable hour on Friday because we had no life and then we had track meets in the morning. Yeah. Well, some of us were trying (laughs) desperately to get laid and completely (laughs) unable to do so, but at least... At least we had a fucking card in the game, man. <laughs> Worst but, date I ever went on in high school actually was Ghostbusters 2, and not just because of Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> well, you put yourself at a severe disadvantage to start with. It was, you know, Ghostbusters 2, um, followed by abortive t- attempt to, to go Dutch, followed by just awkwardness in a friendlies, followed by guy driving around i'm not sure if he was looking for a place to make out but he was telling me about his job where he he worked in a in a cemetery i'm not sure doing what i'm like yeah this is getting me going (laughs) that guy was a jackass (laughs) yeah so it was it was disappointing all around (laughs) uh i think i took a date Uh, jesus at this point i don't even remember i think i took a date to ghostbusters too but (laughs) It's a dark place to make out. It's, and I'm sure I, I'm sure by the third act I was using that, using it for that effect. But, but yeah, I honestly don't remember. I just remember walking out of it being like, oh, that was disappointing. So maybe I didn't even make out. Maybe it was just that bad, just transfixed with horror. I was, I was just, yeah, it was not a good movie. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we've we've got a a sequel. Then, frankly, if you want a better sequel with the original cast, the video game was okay. It was. It yeah. was. It, once you finally figured out how to get the, uh, the the blaster, the proton pack, to work. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's really not a bad game. It's it's worth a replay or two. Maybe I'll throw that in, you know, because I got to reinstall the Xbox next week later. Maybe that's one I'll play. Ooh. But but yeah, dudes doesn't fix fucking Ghostbusters. No. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was just going off the top of my head. Fine, let's go with a traditional route, but with modern actors. And the the worst thing I could think of, which is probably what they would have, the people they would have gotten. Imagine Adam Sandler, Kevin James, David Spade, and Andy Dick. Things would be a hell of a lot worse. No, wait, I have to step away and beat my head into a wall for a while. That's, no, you can't do that. Because again, 
the day job could call at any minute, so we gotta keep plowing ahead. <laughs> just wipe that horror off your face. I can't. <laughs> but that's awful. No, I mean, no. I mean, you know, you know what what might have worked if they had decided to stay traditional gendered. Like, find an excuse to shoehorn, um, like a get get the folks from the this is the end movie get like seth rogan in there with um james franco and the dude who played kenny powers and somebody else <laughs> michael sarah <laughs> that that might have been okay but at the same time yeah i think you enjoyed this is the end better than i did i thought it was okay but i'm saying if you're gonna go with like here's the skinny sarcastic guy here's the kind of chubby doof like, here's, like it's <laughs> Yes, there are certainly better actors than those guys I mentioned, but particularly if you're going to go for a previously Saturday Night Live band, true, which true. even Paul Feig is trying to do, then yeah, these are the fucking assholes you'd be looking at. Oh, God. David Spade is Peter Venkman. Think about it. Just yeah. let the bile just trickle back down <laughs> your throat. You don't have to throw up right now. I, I can't. I, I You know, I, I've already repressed that. You just you said words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, not even drinking yet. I blacked that out. Where I, are my pants? Actually, I I, <laughs> I wish they'd cast those guys just because this, this episode would be a telethon. Please give for the kill bot that I will use to make Ghostbusters 2 stop. Ghostbusters, what is it, three at this point? Or it'd, like... be, it'd be three, four if you count the video game. Yikes. But it's, you know, and when it comes to the specific people, you know, that <laughs> the people are, are bitching about, like Melissa McCarthy, and the one thing I got to say is, we saw the heat. Yes. And we did not intend to see the heat. We saw it not this past July 4th, but the year before when the 4th of July took place on a Thursday and it was a heat wave of like 98 degrees every day for five days. And on July 3rd at 5 p.m., our <laughs> air conditioning quit. It quit spectacularly. Oh, yeah. At the perfect time <laughs> when every workman in the world was headed out to the Cape. Yes. <laughs> so... So on July 4th, we literally got up and went to the movies and just went to movies all day long until the sun went down so we could be in air conditioning. Right. And one of the movies playing at our local theater was The Heat, and neither of us had any interest in seeing it. Yeah, because I've seen Sandra Bullock do that character before. I've seen Melissa McCarthy be Melissa McCarthy, and yet it worked spectacularly. <laughs> it was a really fun movie. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of funny stuff in it. So this thing is probably going to be better than... Certainly the people who are screaming sexist shit about it are going to think. Yeah, I mean, is it Kristen Wiig? She's funny. Yeah. I, again, I can't address the, I can't address McKinnon or Jones. I just, I don't, yeah, I, I haven't seen anything they've done. And and even the people who online have been bitching about Melissa McCarthy doing the same character over and over again, I haven't seen St. Vincent, but my understanding is she's definitely got more range than people want to give her credit for yeah and in that movie bill murray is playing fucking bill murray granted yeah. he's done a bunch of other shit over the years but up until ghostbusters bill murray played bill murray exactly there is no difference between v peter venkman and uh john winger in stripes right and and murray was cast because belushi was unavailable and belushi wasn't going to be anybody other than belushi that's oh, what yeah. he does or did i know <laughs> they really wanted to get him but they just couldn't get the grave open. it was it was a real shame but, but it was originally written as as a Belushi role before he died. Oh yeah, because Dan Aykroyd wrote it, and yeah, it was going to be a buddy film for yeah. And and there was a whole lot of other stuff going on, yeah, you know, with 
trips to alternate universes. And <laughs> Dan Aykroyd really wanted to make a movie that even today <laughs> with green screen and CGI, you could probably make it, but it wouldn't have been as good by, yeah. by Ivan Reitman and everybody cutting everything down to, no, let's just keep it at the blue collar dudes with this horrible job. Yeah. Trust, trust Harold Ramis. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I, I think part of the problem that people have, regardless of the casting, is that they're doing a reboot. And yes. I wasn't sure when the, the news first broke if it was going to be a, a reboot or a sequel with just, well, one Ghostbuster's dead, and right. so now we need new people to do it, and maybe a sequel. But it's definitely a reboot, because I, I found an interview with uh, Paul Fagan, Entertainment Weekly from October. Uh, I don't have audio for it, but he said... Uh, and then I thought, well, what if we just made it new? It's not coming into the world that existed before. It's always hard if the world has gone through this big ghost attack. How do you do it again? I wanted to come into our world where there's talk of ghosts, but they're not really credible. And so what would happen in our world if uh, this happened? Okay. Now, first of all, we need Ghostbusters if it happened because Congress would spend a month filibustering back and forth yeah. <laughs> over whether New York loves Jesus enough to warrant federal aid. Oh, please. No, even before that, what would spring up would be that many more shitty um, night-visioned reality TV things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Next on the real Dead Housewives of insert stupid county well we like we fucking have them now yeah i know ghosts. but it's just like you know it, they would take it to like the next level you know like ooh, we're finding squatch in the subway yeah. <laughs> oh yeah fuck face the mongoloid from finding <laughs> bigfoot would be wandering around looking for bigfoot ghosts yeah that's how we'll prove bigfoot we'll get the ghosts but yeah they're they're lucky that they didn't cast this you know as a gag with characters from like Ghost hunters and and finding Bigfoot and you know my dead gay neighbor like you know whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll see them because that was a big thing in the first Ghostbusters, the big montage of actual media people That's true. interviewing them and talking about them. So Fag would have to be dumb if he wants to keep at least the feel of the original Ghostbusters, not to try and do something like that. I'll give Fag a a quarter if he has an excuse to have a scene with Bobo eating like dirty water hot dogs going i hear that uh slimers like these um it works when i'm finding squatch <laughs> <laughs> and then have the ghostbusters blast them with proton packs oh i thought he was sasquatch yeah <laughs> but but because of the reboot thing i can understand people having anxiety because of that we're we're comic book people we understand uh what's going to happen in the face of a reboot. Hi, New 52. <laughs> I mean, hello, Secret Wars. So, because I can, I can see people having a perception that a sequel as opposed to a reboot would somehow keep what came before more pure. Yes, but that's such unmitigated horseshit at this point because we've already had, again, we talked about the Ghostbusters sequel that was just a steaming load. Um, yeah. Like, Everything that George Lucas has done lately, like ever. Well, it's, you. I can't sit down. <laughs> regardless of Ghostbusters 2, which is the best excuse not to do a regular sequel, you can't do one. Egon Spengler is dead. Right. Um, Rick Moranis has been retired from acting in live action stuff for like eight or ten years. Yep. The lead actor <laughs> has said for years he's not going to do it. No. No matter what you give them. 
And you can't track him down even if you want to. He doesn't have an agent. <laughs> yeah, he's got an 800 number where you leave a message and believe me. And he, pray. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not returning that fucking phone call. It's no. just not going to happen. So you can't do a regular sequel with regular guys, no matter what. Even yeah. if you want to do it as a sequel, you have to recast it. Um, but even then, it's an all-or-nothing proposition. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, Dan Aykroyd, I'm sure, would be happy to to walk through it if you like wave enough money in front of him. Um, uh, Ernie Hudson would do it. He actually had a, a bit of a, a kerfuffle in social media because he had said something back in, in the fall about, oh, no, that's an awful idea, no no female Ghostbusters. And then he had to go find the, t- the tweet and delete it, and then he talked about how, how awesome it was like recently. Because <laughs> clearly he wants a cameo in it. <laughs> I've, I've read things that Ernie Hudson has said or written that he's really he considers Ghostbusters one of his great opportunities and it was supposed to be a much bigger role and he's been disappointed at how marginalized uh, the Zetamore character was. Yeah, I can it, see that. Even in the first movie in, into the second one. So I guarantee he was thinking, oh, if we just keep a sequel alive, I got one more shot. And yeah, But I've also never se- I've never met the man. I've never seen anything that makes him seem like a douchebag. He probably saw, okay, this thing is a done deal. I probably shouldn't have said what I said. And, yeah. And I should be nice about the opportunities that these nice people have. And yeah. So I'm be professional. Sh- I'm sure we'll see. And from things I've read, Paul Feig is really hoping that Bill Murray will come in with the Walter Peck type character. <laughs> I don't think he'll do it. I don't think he'll do it. Certainly. I think I would have massive cognitive dissonance anyway. I would rather see Ackroyd do that, honestly. (laughs) Ackroyd will do it. I was going to say Ackroyd would show up in exchange for a hot meal, but have you seen Dan Ackroyd? (laughs) He's not having a problem finding a hot meal these days. No, I've said it before. I've said it again. Shatner bloat. He's got the shat bloat. He's he's got shat bloat like he started by eating shat. (laughs) It's 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 like it's like ladder Brando proportions. Honestly, this it's just <laughs> it's a it's a, he can certainly do it. Yeah, you know, he's always been better sort of playing a crank than a douche, but I could probably do it. Walter Peck was a crank. They they douched him, but he was crank. They douched him, but he was. Cr- what did this happen on Saturday night while he was roofied? <laughs> No, I, I think they. I think that the character, as written on paper, starts out as as a rot up his ass crank, and then as Atherton played him, yes, <laughs> he douched. <laughs> <laughs> he just blossomed into douchehood. <laughs> Not sure we can get that title passed, but write that one down. That's got possibilities. But yeah, I, I have no doubt we'll see da- at least Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson. Uh, in this, you know, we may even see a uh, oh Christ, who, who played Janine? Annie Potts. Yeah, I'd probably see her show up. The only time I ever ever got a role, just uh, a side sidebar in a, in a Shakespearean play, uh, in my brief fleeting dreams of of someday being an actor, uh, was in Two Gentlemen of Verona. I read for a very small part that ended up becoming gender swapped because they they gave it to me. It's like the secretary of some noble in Venice or Verona, rather. Um, I, I read the part in Janine Melnick's voice in my audition and got cast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Mr. Lawrence, your father awaits. Like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> it wasn't even even that good. <laughs> yeah, but it's not terrible. I've certainly heard worse. But Yeah. <laughs> but 
so yeah, you we'll see those guys, but yeah, to, to get back to an earlier point, even if you recast it, even if you keep uh keep Ray and Winston and Bill Murray doesn't come back and you try to make a sequel with some other guys. The problem with doing it as a sequel is it really is an all or nothing proposition in the sense that if it's good, great. You've got a worthy addition to this mythology. Yeah. Even more worthy than <laughs> the first addition to the mythology. But if it sucks, what you wind up with is this jumbled, broken continuity with pieces that nobody wants. Yeah. And the reality is Ghostbusters is a franchise that I think it's Paramount Pictures wants to make money out of. They'll have they there will be Ghostbusters forever. Yeah. But what they'll have to do is find a way to get out of it. And the best cautionary tale I could think of is the Spider Clone saga. I was gonna go with Indiana Jones and the the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or whatever the fucking abortion that was. Well, and that's certainly notice there <clears throat> to get out of it. They're talking about, or at least Donald Trump is talking about. <laughs> Doing one without Harrison Ford. I think he's also swatting off invisible elves, to be fair. Yeah. What a bunch of a-holes. <laughs> but, um, but at least with Spider, they they haven't yet done anything with Indiana Jones to try to get around Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. With Spider-Clone, they have. That's why I thought of it as an example of what you're going to get stuck with. Yes. If you do a Ghostbusters sequel and it blows. You know, you wind up, okay, there's a problem we have to solve. You dig a hole so deep that you've got the fan base screaming at you. And in the end, you've got to do crazy shit and maybe fuck around with what came before to try to get out of it. Like in Spider-Clone, okay, we'll bring Norman Osborn back to life and we'll just ship Ben Riley off and we'll just... And then we don't talk about it for 10 years <laughs> and just hope that people forgive us and then maybe we'll try to do something with it later on. Whereas I was going with the Indiana Jones one because of the idea of, all right, suppose they did reassemble what remained of the band that was willing to show up. And then you still get a an awful friggin' product anyway. <laughs> then you you have no choice but to, as Trump was shouting about, you know, reboot and start from the ground up with somebody else in the part of Indiana Jones. So in this particular case, Paul Fig is just sort of cutting to the chase. Let's just recast. <laughs> Let's start yeah, over. Recast and start it over. <laughs> uh, the original ended. Indiana Jones has a message for uh, for Donald. You want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. I've got nothing better to do. <laughs> Except a Star Wars sequel. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Shoot them. Shoot them So, I mean, that's the danger of, of doing a sequel. You know, particularly with, you can't get everybody, but we're going to try to shoehorn this thing. And you can wind up with something so damaged, you wind up having to fucking reboot it anyway. Exactly. I mean, it's that's the sort of thing that's leading to some level of anxiety in the Star Wars sequel. Okay, you're bringing back, like, you know, ancient Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill. Hamill will probably be fine with whatever they do, but everybody's yeah. going to be kind of looking at the other ones going, eh. Yeah. <laughs> so, and even with that, it probably makes sense because they're supposed to, it's not really about them. Right, they're handing off, but still it's going to be like, oh, God, please don't suck. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not sure I want to see a fucking 72-year-old Han Solo. No. <laughs> I'm excited for that movie, but you know, when the trailer came out and we did the episode about that, it's, yeah, they showed the Millennium Falcon because the Millennium Falcon isn't necessarily eating Geritol and, <laughs> you know, stumbling around. She aged beautifully. <laughs> the Falcon always does. I want to age that well. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we'll just replace your radar dish. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> but I can also see people being upset at the idea of a reboot because there's a perception that a reboot invalidates what happened originally. Now, in comics, that's a real concern because, sure, with comics, yeah, all the old stories and all the old books are there, but you can't get them anymore because after a very short period of time, those old stories go out of print. Yeah. Within a year or two, you're spending real time and money on eBay if you want to read, like, John Ostrander's Manhunter from the 80s. Or if you're my brother, you wait until I go to college and just fucking steal my copies of John Ostrander's Manhunter from the 80s. It is more efficient. Yes, but... But that's not the case with movies. No. Yeah, you know, my Ghostbusters Blu-ray, it's still on the shelf, no matter what Paul Feig does it. You can turn it into a fucking hardcore porno. It doesn't... <laughs> they probably did. Oh, I'm sure they did. Nutbusters. <laughs> Just throwing that out there, but... Um... Ghost Blasters. <laughs> <laughs> also works. We're missing our calling. What are we doing a comics podcast? Write down Ghost Blasters. That works. But... In his own way, J.J. Abrams was smart about how he rebooted Star Trek in the yes. sense that by doing it the way he did, he sort of implied the he created an alternate timeline where this new stuff is happening, but all the old original shit still existed and happened. But even that doesn't matter because it wouldn't make anybody like the new shit any better if it sucked. Right. Yeah. And... Whether you create an alternate timeline or just say, yep, we're starting over, the original stuff is still there if you want it. You can go to Netflix right now and watch all of Deep Space Nine or whatever the hell you want. Yeah. It's, I mean, if if it sucks, then it becomes one more movie that nobody is going to go see and will go away. And then somebody else will either try to reboot it or resuscitate it. Or we can go back and, and watch the classic one. Yeah. Like, nobody is, let's go back a little Nobody is worried about the effect of Ghostbusters 2 on the original Ghostbusters. They're still buying that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it didn't happen. I don't own it. I don't want to watch it. Doesn't affect the original Ghostbusters a bit. And it's like, uh, what's it? Godfather 3. You've heard of that, right? No. <laughs> don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> or or uh, Rocky 5. What? <laughs> that, they stopped with Rocky 2. No, no, no. Oh, there was a Rocky Three. You remember that, right? With Mr. T? That was the A-Team. What? <laughs> you said you're a child of the 80s. Jesus Christ. My point being that let him go ahead and do it. The market will will determine whether or not it's worthwhile. It and... was wrong and you knew it. Yeah, well, those things didn't happen. <laughs> if it's good, people will go to see it. If it's not, people won't. And we move on with our lives. Yeah, it's reboots don't have to be bad. Crisis on Infinite Earths was a really good reboot. Yeah. You get A-list talent, which whether you like Paul Feig and Melissa McCarthy or Kristen Wiig or not, they've been making generally solid movies for three or four years. Yeah. And as long as you have a total commitment to it, you can do something with it. Absolutely. They can suck, but... They, when they suck, it's like with the new 52. Let's hire the guy who did the Spider-Clone saga and let him hire his asshole buddies. Yeah. Look, as as a woman who um, cosplayed early as Dr. Peter Vinkman for Halloween right after Ghostbusters, <laughs> um, I'm very excited about seeing someone who looks like me strapping on a proton pack. 
that being said. <laughs> Me too, but I should be alone when I see it. <laughs> Thank God. Okay. <laughs> um, me too. No, and the I want this movie to be good. I I I I want to go see something that's going to make me as excited as the first Ghostbusters made me when I was twelve or thirteen. I guess I was thirteen. Yeah. Um. No, I was twelve because it was in the summer. Right. I was thirteen. <laughs> but in, in any event. If it disappoints me, I think at this point I've become inured to a certain degree about things that made me excited as a kid that that don't reach me now for whatever reason, either because it's not targeted to my demographic or because they rebooted it and it was shitty or <laughs> or or because they prequeled it and it was shitty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. The case in point you saw I've been rereading the original Secret Wars yeah. the last few days. Oh my God, that's hard to. I loved that when I was, uh, yeah, it was about the same age, 12 or 13. You know, trying to read it now, just the. <laughs> yeah. Horrible, casual exposition thrown in with misogyny. Did, well, I, I'm not sure, did, did anyone in the 80s call women chippies? In the or, 80s. Or, or was that just Jim Shooter trying to be hip? By way I think that was Jim Shooter trying to be hip. But I, I've seen the word chippies in print. Did. Please tell me, was it Nick Fury that said that? Oh, God, no. It was the Human Torch. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Um, no, no, I, I no. <laughs> so, Maybe in the 70s, but even then, I, no. Yeah. It's... Like, now I want to, like, look that up as slang. Like, what regionalization was that? Who Was that the new, a New York thing? Like, <laughs> Beats the shit out of me. I was, I was living in upstate New York at the time. I do not recall hearing it, but I was not in New York City, so. Chippies. <laughs> oh yes chippies <laughs> yikes <laughs> that might be a title chippies. <laughs> so i mean i mean again yeah i've i've learned to to live with being disappointed at this point so if if it sucks and i hope it doesn't i do like melissa mccarthy i do like Kristen wig i there are plenty of other geek properties that are also going to be coming out that will hopefully wipe away the taste if it sucks. Yeah. We, we are living in that, that cool of a time. So if, if that drops and it, it's horrible, you know, then we'll have, you know, some new Marvel property coming out or we'll have some new Warner Brothers DC property coming out or, you know, it, it seems like at this point certain indies are getting optioned too. So, there there will be cool things. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to bitch that there's a lack of awesome stuff coming out both on TV and in the movies for comic book and genre geeks. So, and believe me, this is happening because, yeah, Ghostbusters wants to jump on that train. And you're, I, I'm hoping for the best with it because, again, yeah, give me something that made me as excited as the original one did. I'm not sure anything can do that. No. <laughs> At 13 years old, the things that excite you, you really need chemical enhancement to reach when you're about at 43. Yeah, I mean, we, we are fortunate enough to live in an age where if for some reason this movie is not all that it could be, <laughs> at bare minimum, one can go home and immerse oneself in an experience of a first-person shooter where I can fire the proton pack. Yeah. And I can do it repeatedly until I don't remember the movie anymore. The whiskey will help. We will set that up <laughs> as soon as humanly possible. But the the one thing, you know, as I was trying to figure out why people were upset about Ghostbusters and thinking about reboot versus sequel, 
is we talked a lot about the upcoming Secret Wars yes. last week and that it looked like a reboot, but there's a possibility it might be... There's indications that it's not really going to be a reboot. It's just sort of a shuffling of things and a sequel, if you will, to everything that's come up until now. The main thing being, uh, I found an interview with Jason Latour, who is going to be writing the Spider-Gwen comic book. Okay. And uh, that's coming out in February, which is before Secret Wars. But uh, you know, he said to, I think, uh, an interview with Diamond Comics, uh, Gwen will be exploring her own version of the Marvel U, uh, having that clean slate uh, will give us a tremendous opportunity to explore more of the characters introduced in Edge of Spider-Verse. It's essential that we get to build that core cast that informs who Gwen Stacy is as much, uh, is as much, if not more, than her spider power. So we'll see a lot of her father, Captain Stacy, uh, and her band, the Mary Janes. We'll also meet a, not of, a lot of new takes on Marvel heroes and villains. Okay. Now, Secret Wars doesn't officially start until April, so there's a chance that he's talking about, yeah, I'll have three months, months <laughs> to lay all this down before secret wars happens but it's also possible that there's just going to continue to be some form of marvel multiverse because yeah. i'm trying to think how would it even work to have gwen stacy in the marvel universe because spider gwen's origin relies on peter parker getting killed while gwen watches and doesn't do anything to stop it peter parker's origin doesn't require the death of Gwen Stacy, but it does require Peter Parker not being murdered in front of Gwen Stacy's fucking eyes. I think it kind of depends on on what that battle world looks like, where they have all of these sort of alternate versions of characters uh, pr presumably battling <laughs> each other um, and, and what the outcome of that whole thing is going to be. Yeah, I suppose if this is truly the reboot that it looks like it might be they could alter spider gwen's origin but what are, what are they gonna why do why would you spend three months building up to something if you're just going to dismantle it well that, see that's <laughs> i'm not sure and the only way to really get that to happen is you know to have that radioactive spider just jump around like a meth spastic <laughs> Jump from uh, Peter to Silk to Gwen. Or she falls through some sort of time wormhole and poof, finds herself in, in new, new Earth, no longer numbered 616. Yeah. Because you know, they've certainly done that before if they've needed to. Yeah, I suppose. But I mean, it, if there's just one Earth, we're going to have Spider-Man, Spider-Gwen, Silk, Kane, maybe, although it looks like he got killed in the last issue of Spider-Man, yep. but maybe not. Um, Miles Morales. Uh, are we going to count Venom? There's going to be a lot of spider people running around. I think they around. should get a clubhouse at this point. And Tony Stark's going to need to build them their own mansion. Yeah, spider Avengers. <laughs> I guess. But, yeah. So there's, I'm saying there's a, it looks like it could go either way at this point. There may still be a multiverse. There may be, you know, a reboot. I mean, what do you want to see more? I'll stop. I honestly want to see a reboot, and and here's why. Okay. If it sucks, if it's absolutely terrible, if what comes out of it is just unreadable, and people there's a backlash. This is a sci-fi fantasy story. You can walk that back pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan Hickman's been working on the stuff leading up to this for like three years, but Stan and Jack 
changed the course of the Marvel Universe in three issues with Galactus. And that third issue <laughs> ended with Johnny Storm going off to college and trying to get some poon. Like, yeah. you, can, you, can, you can make it never was pretty easy. I, they could they could find a way to subtly work the story in there. You know, again, they could just suddenly decide that Captain Stacy is back. I don't know. <laughs> he went out for a pack of cigarettes. And yeah, it's like the end of Dallas. It was a dream. It was <laughs> went out for cigarettes and treatment for a sucking chest wound. <laughs> but I'm I'm thinking in terms of when they started the new Fifty Two. J. Um, H. Williams Batwoman wasn't originally conceived as part of the new 52 they just let him do his own fucking thing anyway and maybe they do the same thing with spider gwen <laughs> well and i talked about this we talked about this in last week's show i, I don't want to see that if it's going to be a reboot fucking commit to it because that's half of what's wrong with the new 52 i don't it's, disagree you no know, oh th this is brand new and this is brand new but oh, green lantern's making money so we're going to keep that continuity and uh, Batman, we're keeping a certain amount of continuity, and we'll talk a little bit about that when we talk about the new issue of Batman in a minute. But See, I feel strongly this is probably going to end up being some kind of reboot. This is their way of taking it back to zero, putting back the characters that they want to play with, undoing the deaths that they did for publicity, and putting it back to more or less status quo by the end of, of all of that. Well, everything sort of reaches status quo after a certain point anyway. But that I, I really feel that this is what they're going to do. This is why they spent you know so much effort bringing back you know the the baby X Men. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This is how they get out of the death of Wolverine. This is how they put Captain America back to Steve Rogers. This is. <laughs> and, and you you got a point, but I, I would rather see them just yank the plug and say it's all brand new because again in a worst case scenario everything can go back to the way it was with about six months planning at worst yeah if it's oh no we're just creating a new status quo and yeah captain stacy's just alive and we're just going to say certain things happen then you're back in a spider clone situation of well shit how do we get rid of the stuff that's really dragging us yeah. down and you, you're starting to rip things out of continuity and undo earlier stories and eventually wind up with one more fucking day. <laughs> well, then you, then you have, um, princess sparkle Barbie come through and wave her wand. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, Jesus God. No, because everybody knows that, you know, if, if a butterfly flaps its wings, it can have, uh, colossal consequences somewhere down the line. There could be an earthquake or a tornado. And yeah, no, you know what happens when princess Barbie waves her wand? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> we can't have her in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> so, so Some would argue then perhaps she has waved her wand over the Ghostbusters franchise. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing. It's As I have gotten older, if you really want to make a major change, yeah, just pull the plug and say we're starting over. Yeah, I I, and, I agree. And Spider-Man, another good example. The way they did it with One More Day was abominable. Mm -hmm. It was terrible. But the stories that came out of Brand New Day and that have brought us up to here have generally been pretty good. They took the opportunity that wading through the shit pile of One More Day gave them and Dan Slott and Mark Wade and everybody who was involved in you know that three out of four week shipping brand new day period really got some good shit out of it just had a, a random tangential thought 
Right now, AMC's The Walking Dead has an opportunity to do its comic book continuity um, better in the face of the storylines of that book as it currently stands. They are heading into Washington, D.C., which means that somewhere down the line they're going to have to deal with Negan potentially. Uh-huh. Or not. Or at least... <laughs> Or at least for not as long. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you and me and our contributors, Pixie Sticks and Trebuchet, <laughs> may be in the minority of just hating Negan as more of the same governor shit and just going on and on and on and on and fucking on. I think Negan was generally a fairly popular character, and I don't think we're going to get out of seeing him. But I would hope that they perhaps learned from the pacing of the comic book that if they do the same thing on the television show, they're going to have the same problem they did with season two where it felt like nothing happened. Well, yeah, if they can get the pacing better and that's half the problem I had with Negan was the pacing. The pacing yeah. You know. it, it wasn't. It, yeah. Okay. It's a villain. We don't like the villain. Can we get to the part where we kill the villain? <laughs> yeah. To this day. Can we please kill Negan? <laughs> please Kirkman. Two and a half please. years later, for God's sake, Kirkman. You're an imbecile. Kill him. <laughs> kill Negan. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if if Marvel, if the Ghostbusters can just start from zero, <laughs> yeah, I take would've... this opportunity to 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 do some world building, but do it mindfully with character development. Yeah, do it smart, do it completely, commit to it, and put really good people on it. And yeah. I think. Uh, I understand Melissa McCarthy and Paul Fagman. It might not be for everybody. I really enjoyed them. I think they got a good team on this. Again, I can't address two of the actors because I don't know what they've done. But in general, the team behind this, I think it's A-list talent. I think it's going to be fine. Yeah. I think it, And I certainly think it would be better than a lot of the alternatives that we could have gotten out of this. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Still thinking about what you were saying about David Spade and Kevin James and. <laughs> Just, Adam Sandler and I, I just I want to go fetal. Just that nasally voice trying to go. Call it fate. Call it luck. Call it. Color. Oh, oh. And oh. it would all would wound up with fat man fall down, go boom. Oh, geez. <laughs> no. <laughs> Opera man, he slimed me. Oh. <laughs> oh. No, I'm just picturing Kevin James running around with a proton pack on a Segway. <laughs> <laughs> the music. As long as I don't put Bobby Brown on the soundtrack, I'm fine. That's really all I ask. Yeah. Just go straight with Ray Parker. He needs this. <laughs> he needs no, it. No, no, no. If they're going to do it right this time, you give Huey Lewis the fucking money. <laughs> You give him the goddamn money. You let him write the song that needs to be written, and you don't rip him the fuck off. All right. Well, <laughs> somewhere he was looked up from his spaghetti, meal of spaghettios and sadness, and went. So, someone said my name. I had a chill down my back. I feel lucky today. Ow, my hip. All right. So in general, yes, the staff of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show is for a full reboot. Yes. Pretty much everywhere. <laughs> Except DC, which would walk, should walk their shit back and try again. <laughs> or, yeah, fuck, reboot. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, yeah, you want to talk Batman? Yeah, let's do that. All right, so let's talk about a couple of the comics from this week. Okay. Start out with uh, Batman 38, uh, written by Scott Snyder, uh, art by Greg Capullo. We're yep. 
continuing Endgame uh, with Batman versus the Joker, kind of. They don't really face each other this month. Uh, <laughs> this issue really was mostly exposition, I yeah. found. It was, you know, yeah, we, we get scenes of Batman fighting tanks and Joker virus zombies and even fights Jim Gordon a little bit. But through the whole thing, what's really happening is he's talking over the radio to Julia and to Dick Grayson, and he's meeting face-to-face with this, uh, what's his name, Dr. Decker. Yes. Just getting, constantly, it's an it's an info dump about the nature of the Joker, supposedly now, and this Joker virus that's turning people into zombies, basically. it's This is really Batman's zombie story for good or ill. Yeah, yeah. This... I have really mixed feelings about this. <laughs> so do I, although mine are leaning toward... I, the, the key for me is Batman is, in theory, if you have no life and unlimited resources, attainable. You, <laughs> you too can be a superhero, if you have a billion dollars and, and your and, entire childhood to learn how to kick ass. Yeah. Um, although somewhere, and, I, and it's on our, our website, if you go into the archives, somebody put up that uh, this would have to be Bruce Wayne's workout routine, like daily, if, if he wanted to be in this level of, of condition. And you don't have enough hours in the day to do that level of workout and go fight crime and sleep. <laughs> and get your knees replaced and your spine yeah. <laughs> realigned and fill your pres- prescription for Vicodin. And... But in theory, in theory, it's attainable if you have determination and focus. Yes. Um, and the Joker also did not have superpowers. He he was um, inscrutable and, and, and mysterious, nebulous. You, you couldn't pin him down. He had no no actual origin. But he was a dude. At the end of the day, he was a dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's what is apparently happening in this story. And it's still early enough. Snyder's a good enough writer if he's smart. When it's all said and done, it'll be left ambiguous as to what they're trying to do to the yeah. Joker in this story is true. We're just going to spoil everything from here on out. Oh, yeah. By the way, listeners, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. But... This implication that the Joker is immortal and has been in Gotham since the first settlers arrived is potentially catastrophic to the character unless it's left ambiguous enough at the end that you can say, maybe that's not the case. I had awful flashes (laughs) Um, when when they were trying to make the supposed case that he is some sort of um odd form of humanity who has come in contact with a similar source of of longevity that powers Vandal Savage and Raz al Ghul's um Lazarus, Lazarus pits. Um as as when in powers <laughs> they made the case that Christian Walker also was a similarly Promethean superhero who had existed since Throg's time. And <laughs> That that is when they started to break <laughs> powers for a while. Yeah. Um 
I'm, I'm a little worried that Snyder is going the full Bendis here. <laughs> full Bendis, write that down. Okay. Um, you know, especially when Dr. Decker is making comments to, and again, Decker's crazy. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, to Batman that, no, 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 you know, yeah, you've taken his, his blood samples before, but this is, this is something that lies dormant and only comes out in times of great catastrophe. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Look, the only thing you gain by making Joker a semi-immortal is you get an explanation for how he always, no matter what happens to him or what Batman does to him, seems to come back from it. Yes. Which, yes, you gain that explanation, but it's not anything you ever needed or we ever necessarily wanted. See, Joker is supposed to be Batman's opposite number. Yes. So to me, seeing Batman logically and scientifically less so in the silver age but still yeah get out of whatever death trap he was put in to me i was willing to accept on faith that joker being batman's opposite found some way out of it if batman can do it joker can do it and that's right. that's fine i don't need it explained what you lose if you say joker has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years you lose that ability to make batman his opposite number unless yes. you say there's always been a batman and and that's where this new 52 continuity becomes a fuck up you could probably say that with grant morrison's return of bruce wayne after final crisis where batman appeared throughout the epochs you know swung with throg if you will <laughs> um but even then, I'm not sure that's even still really in continuity because Final Crisis never happened after the new 52. I know Bruce Wayne was perceived as dead for a while to allow Dick Grayson to be Batman because they didn't want to fuck around too much with Batman continuity in this reboot. Well, that's that, why if you reboot, just fucking do it. But The death of Batman came out of, of something that Grant Morrison had his grubby little paws on. Therefore, I just discount it as being <laughs> a fever drug dream and, and we've all moved on with our lives. And that's part of why they had to like go back to the new 52 because once, once you let the addict fuck something up. <laughs> now, he's not necessarily an addict. He's definitely an enthusiast, I'd say. But... All right, and perhaps I'm being somewhat hyperbolic, but my my point is... <laughs> well, and I also recognize that you and I are in the minority of we just didn't like Grant Morrison's run on Batman. No. Have, the entire rest of the free world calls it a masterpiece, just didn't do anything for us. Um, Some some people... Yeah, I'm not even gonna... <laughs> <laughs> There's a thing out there in the world called Piss Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, let's leave that alone. Um, um Anyway... It, I I feel that for me, <laughs> I am in agreement with you that the best thing that can come out of this is that this is somehow the ultimate prank. That that in in a in a best case scenario, it comes out ambiguous. Um, all of all of this still can be in theory explained away by something hallucinogenic being released into the air by, I mean, concurrently we've got crap going on with nanotech that could also have gotten into, we don't know yet. It could have gotten into all of the computer systems in the, in the greater Gotham area, which is why P 
people think they're seeing in old photographs and archives things that look like the Joker. Uh, yeah, because you know, if it's infecting the kids, why can't it be in the goddamn computers? It's computer technology. <laughs> yeah, but you'd think somebody would have noticed before now. <laughs> but I mean, I, I suppose not necessarily. But but yeah, making the the implication that oh, the we can't find any Photoshop jobs and facial recognition seems to show that it is him throughout the ages, and it's fairly powerful to name check Vandal Savage and the Lazarus Pits. You now while talking about the Joker in the same breath. It's the weight is there that we're supposed to at least believe it's plausible. Now, if it turns out it's a gag, great. You got me. Yeah. But right now it's just, you know, nope, here's more evidence and here's more evidence and here's more evidence. It's just like, uh, I go back to again. Um, there's a whole separate storyline going on right now where there are children being controlled by nanobots. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> It seems more plausible that the nanobots could have somehow gotten into the the, the greater computer networks of of the their version of Comcast or <laughs> well nanobots in the 21st century are the mad computers and black holes and cold fusion yeah. MacGuffin science fiction it's, elements it's it's how they get Skynet it's <laughs> yeah. so um, so, you know, why, why would it be implausible that they somehow could have gotten their, their grubby little micro claws into the various archives of, of these computer systems and, and put little trailers in there to make things seem like Joker has always been. It's, I suppose I can see that there, there's gotta be something. Yeah. Because I've got to believe Snyder is too smart to really make the Joker's origin that concrete. Yeah. That he's just been around forever. Even if you make the argument that, oh, you still don't know who he is, it doesn't matter. Why would the Joker give a shit about Batman if he's been around forever? Yeah. You know, enough of a shit that supposedly in the aftermath of Death of the Family, the reason he's doing this is because, oh, Batman won't make himself better because of me, so I will kill him. If, if the Joker's always been there, why care about batman because you know he's gonna die and you're not right <laughs> right uh, the, just just wait it out man <laughs> yeah he will move on <laughs> yeah and see, the other problem i have is again i'm taking on faith snyder's smart enough to do this because he has to be because otherwise i don't have any more confidence in his writing batman for much longer i mean at this point he's done mostly big arcs and they've generally been pretty good, if only okay, in some of them. I yes. mean, Court of the Owls, while I said a lot when it was coming out, was really kind of reminiscent of The Cult by Jim Starlin mm -hmm. and Bernie Wrightson. Because it was. Yeah, but it, it was still an interesting take on Gotham being bigger than what even Batman understands. Yes, and he, he does take the opportunity to reintroduce Batman to the Owls at the end of this issue. Well, see, and that's what I have a problem with. Because... Yeah. It's, it feels like if he's really going in this direction, not only does he have a shaky handle on the Joker, but he's already cannibalizing his own mythology instead of still trying to create a new one. And while you could argue, well, maybe he's trying to create a new mythology for the Joker, and it's just my opinion, I think it's an utterly wrong-headed one mm -hmm. and not the right way to go. So to go back to the well of the owls... It's it's a hell of a thing to say already, considering we're three and a half years into the new 52 now, but 
there have not been that many big arcs that Snyder's done. It's, He's really only yeah. done like five or six stories in that time. It, I felt like he was reaching out to the owls because it, it feels almost a little too convenient. If if this great um, criminal or whatever the hell they are conspiracy has existed since the founding of Gotham, um, then in theory, you know, they could validate or invalidate the the theory that the Joker has been around forever because they would have records or information that Bruce Wayne somehow would not. Yeah, they would have encountered him. Right. Um, and so that, I think how how Snyder treats what's coming up um, will will determine ultimately how I feel about this, this storyline. Well, yeah. because also, it, if it serves no further purpose than to to validate his creation of the Court of the Owls, that will feel like it was just such a colossal waste of time in terms of... <laughs> I don't think he'll do that. I, I'm, I'm willing to take on faith what he's doing with the Joker right now was not necessarily in his head at all when he did Court of the Owls. I mean, that, <laughs> that original concept of you know, Gotham really is such a character in Batman yeah. overall to make Gotham seem even more dangerous and deadly than Batman thinks it is. That's smart. But you can do that with Gotham. Yes. To, to fuck around too much with the Joker like this. Like I said, I really think all you get is here's how he survives death traps. Right. And to, yeah, just the idea of the Joker as an immortal force. Well, it, it's two thoughts, not necessarily related. One, um, I don't like the idea of the Joker becoming something metahuman or magical because I run into this with Superman stories. The most boring Superman stories are the ones where it's like, oh no, it's a magical thing and I, I am not impervious to magic. Yeah. You know, um, and, and that's just irritating. Um, actually, so three points. Two, um, I find it ironic that in a time where they're sanitizing and pg 13 John Constantine, they're somehow making Joker out to be a mystical badass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I don't remember what my third point is now, but <laughs> somebody was giving booze to these goddamn things. <laughs> yeah, so I don't remember what my third point was going to be now, but those those two things. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Just... well, we're we gonna find find a way to make the Joker say his name backwards so that he goes away. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm trying to figure out his Joker's name, <laughs> Roger. <laughs> Susan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the Joker as extra human in that kind of way. It's just, it's not working for me. I've, like I said, I'm hanging on faith. He's too smart to make that canon, to make it, yep, this is the Joker now. I'm really hoping I'm right. <laughs> yeah. And again, this gets into, sometimes when you have a property, <laughs> Um, fans can be passionate about creators' choices, writers' choices with that property. It doesn't invalidate their choice. There are other Batman stories that I can go back and read if I decide ultimately that this story isn't for me. It's not a reflection on Snyder. I like other things that he does. Um, well, and and there will be other Batman stories in the future that might appeal to me. <laughs> well, and yes, certainly we've talked about the Spider-Clone saga and One More Day. There's ways to undo anything. Yeah. 
you know, if if this is the new normal, eventually it won't be. If so, this is the new normal, I, I worry about Harley every time they have unprotected sex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> explain a lot, I guess. <laughs> if he's dumping virus Jesus. every time he's in distress. God, no wonder she's just been getting more and more out there over the years. The Joker's an STD. <laughs> Some would argue that he might be. I got a dose of the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> he burns. <laughs> So, yeah, it's the one positive, as has been a positive on every issue of Batman since the New 52. Considering this is such an exposition-heavy issue, Greg Capullo does a really good job of keeping it visually interesting. Yes. Batman is constantly in action while all this info dump is happening. And while part of why I like his style is that it reminds me of other classic Batman artists. There was one panel in here where it was really, it was just a couple detail lines and a shorter cape away from just flat out being a Norm Brayfogle panel. Mm. And you could do a lot worse when drawing Batman than to make me remember Norm Brayfogle. No, absolutely. So, so yeah, Capullo's art is still awesome on this. And I'm, I'm sure it's a combination of Snyder's stage directions and his choices to keep it visually interesting when really it's, Here's a bunch of information from Julia. Here's a bunch of information from Dick Grayson. You know, he keeps it interesting. So, and, and and on that art note, if I could take half a second to shout out on the Sam Keith art in the uh, backstory. Yeah, with these, we're not really talking about the backstories too much, but Sam Keith doing Batman is always cool. Oh God, it was I. I that's always such a delight to see his art. Yeah. Um, and. It, you know the, the the backstories they've been doing have been kind of interesting around these these particular. I'm curious to see why they chose these particular uh, Arkham inmates and and how this is going to pay off because it's a whole separate storyline to have to juggle in addition to the various ones they've got going on in the main story. That's true, and I I hate to discount the backup stories. I think this one was written by uh, James Tinian. Yep. Um, sort of in my head, I discount them because. Yeah, I get so wrapped up in the main storyline. But they have to be leading towards something and they yeah. they have to there has to be a payoff that plays into this main storyline. And in this particular case, the idea that we have one paranoid inmate who is under the impression that there is a a, a barracks full of batmen under the city <laughs> of Gotham. <laughs> That he may have at one time been a recruit to be a part of because he thought he found a Batarang out in the desert and allegedly the Joker led him to believe that he left the Batarang there for him. That's right. They're buddies. I'm your goddamn fighter! <laughs> um, so, you know, what will they find when they go into into the heart of the center of under underneath Gotham? <laughs> yeah, and remind me to make a point. I'm sure we'll talk about the next Batman issue. And it, it's my, my bad as I try to plan stuff out for the show. It's I just focus on the main one. We really got to give some some credit to the backup story because there is some cool stuff going on in there. Well, there has to be some purpose to them being in there other than just to tell a cool story. So, Well, part of the purpose is to make it a $4 book instead of a $3 book. But. Yes, but, you know, like when they would have the backstories in um, All-Star Western, they, they serve the purpose of creating characters and fleshing out that universe so that... Um, you, you introduced elements that you could use later in other stories. Yeah, that's true. And I've been remiss in just sort of saying, ah, we'll just talk about the, the main one. So remind me not to be a dick next time, and I'll try to pay more attention For to the For $4, backup. I would rather have the extra matter be stories 
than, oh, look, I'm looking at an annotated script and and a sketch. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's invaluable to people who want to break into comics. Um, I've said a million times on this show, I shouldn't write anything longer than a dick joke. Yeah, for those, so. for those of us like me who are there to analyze the stories and the characters, I prefer the extra stories. <laughs> yes. Plus, I masturbate to half of these, and I can't do that to fucking back matter this text. Jesus, proton packs. <laughs> what aren't you masturbating to? Um... I might be masturbating right now. Uh, I gotta go. <laughs> no, you can't go. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving on. Kill hey, robots. Let's, let's talk about a Woody. <laughs> <laughs> yep, ham-handed sex right back to it. <laughs> so yeah, Quantum and Woody must die. Uh, Issue number, one, number one, uh, written by James Asmus, uh, the art by Steve Lieber. This one is just fucking fun. This is a fun book. Um, ever since it was, I guess, rebooted under James Asmus last year, year before? I think it was last year. Last yeah. year. He, the guy has a great sense of humor. He, he understands the dialogue between these two characters really well. It's funny. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, you have sibling rivalry going on. Um, although for the, for those people who are not familiar with Quantum and Woody, we should probably explain, since it's not a, it's a Valiant title, so it's not something that's a DC or a Marvel thing. Yeah. Um, you got two foster brothers. The Their dad was a scientist who was doing secret experiments, um, and he died, and the two brothers went to go investigate. One of them, um, the the biological son, of the father is very straight laced and, and he was going to be in the military and he was going to have a whole career and he's very serious. And the foster brother is a complete doofus yep. <laughs> <laughs> ladies, man, um, doesn't take anything seriously, complete slacker. Um, and, and they go in and they, they bungle trying to investigate their father's death. The experiment that he was working on blows up and now they have superpowers. Yes. But um, the two brothers have to stop fighting and work things out because they have to retouch these two bands that keep them from dissolving into molecular particles every 24 hours. <laughs> yes. So they have to get along. Yep. And there's a pregnant goat. <laughs> pregnant male goat. Yes. Who has the, the brain of their dead father now um, <laughs> imprinted upon it. Yeah. And he has a speak and say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't pick up that it was his dead father's brain. Yeah, but all right. <laughs> it's it's in the it's in the little blurb at the beginning. So oh, okay. Yeah, I, I never read the blurb at the beginning. See, you don't read the back matter. You don't read the blurb. <laughs> I just dive in. I, I need sens- Ooh, pictures. That's right. I need pictures and just sensation and immersion. Or otherwise, I and can't a tube come. Sock. So, <laughs> but so in this particular issue, um, picture if you will. <laughs> You're you're a villain. You're out there doing your thing. Um, these two jackasses are running around, um, ruining everything they touch, but somehow bringing criminals to justice, and the city loves them for it. Oh yeah, completely by accident. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and and so if if you're the villain, you're like, I don't understand why these guys aren't getting in trouble. They just caused millions of dollars of property va- uh, damage. Why aren't they at least being cited? <laughs> Well, and that's one of the things I, I liked about this was it was almost sort of a meta story about superhero stories yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, particularly in the face of in the last year and a half, two years of 
the Avengers movie where New York is destroyed <laughs> and Man of Steel where Metropolis is destroyed and millions die. Just sort of the, and yet still people wear Captain America's fucking t-shirt at the end of Avengers. Yeah. Um, even in the original Ghostbusters movie, they talk about, you know, the massive property damage and. Oh yeah. And it, <laughs> it dissolved the, uh, the business in Ghostbusters 2 or something. Yeah. I don't think I've seen Ghostbusters 2 since 1990, but. But at the at the end of the day, when you're making, on the other side of it, millions of taxpayers happy. <laughs> no, it's, you have saved the lives Thank of you. millions of registered voters. Exactly. Um, Lenny. <laughs> I remembered it was Lenny. <laughs> so these guys are getting away scot-free, and, and, and people, there's, there's a contingent of folks that are not happy about it. So they're, they're working to put themselves in places where they are close to, to Woody and Quantum um, so that they can sort of subliminally fuck with them. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure we're going to find out the fucking with them is just to make them worse. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, so the guy at the, at the very end who is a, a villain who found himself face down in like toxic muck that hasn't been even seen by the FDA yet. Um, now has like seven <laughs> different kinds of cancer, no superpowers because no, no, no. Oh yeah. <laughs> superpowers it, are for closers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's like, no, we're these, these are not men who can be shamed. They are shameless. You can't just screw with their minds. Quantum and Woody must die. Yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's where the title for this particular art comes from. Yeah, and it's <laughs> I I just love the idea they're terrible superheroes. Oh, they're awful superheroes. But the thing is, each of them in their own way have their own moments of 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 glimmers of understanding. <laughs> yeah, like Woody with the the fortune cookies through this. <laughs> yep. Someone near you is not what they seem. In bed, I <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work. Yeah. No. <laughs> And, and it just it has some some great lines <laughs> that the the two the panel transition of the man with all the chemicals did he get superpowers that's followed immediately by no nah, he's gonna want to press charges and the guy's just projectile vomiting onto the <laughs> ground um and, uh, the other one i remember is uh yeah, that guy was a mercenary and a french canadian i'd say his life was shattered long before <laughs> we swung in yeah yeah um and this is also where, you know, there's just moments of even when they're not trying to take out criminals, even when they're just trying to just get through their day, Quantum and Woody can't help but ruin things oh, for yeah. other people. They're in the Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Oh. And and when they're not um, upsetting the waitress by, or on Woody's case, you know, not being sure about her ethnicity in, in the Chinese restaurant, um, <laughs> making comments like, you know, it's about Santa not being real, and some little girl overhears it and just loses her shit in the restaurant. Yep. <laughs> and there's a glorious, like, just three panel sequence of, huh? oh no! And then she just, ah! <laughs> just loses it. <laughs> it's it's a fun book. It's the one book from the Valiant relaunch that I've really consistently enjoyed, and it's good enough. Uh, I really should retry some of the others that I yeah. just didn't get into. But it's also, you know, we are staring down the barrel in the next few months of Marvel doing a huge event that might be a reboot and DC doing a huge event that in theory could turn into a reboot. Because I said in last week's episode that I need to check to see if the solicits were out 
to see if I was completely off base on Convergence being a reboot, and the solicits are not that far ahead. So I okay. suppose it's still theoretically a possibility. But yeah, in the face of these huge events from the big two, just a big, fun superhero book with people kicking people in the face. <laughs> it's it's nice to have it out there. It's fun. It is. It, and it's it's one of those things where if you find yourself getting fatigued by by the big two for whatever reason there are other books <laughs> yeah and and there are great stories and and writers you might not otherwise be be looking at um this is a a good story seek it out yes it is it is it is consistently worth the laughs <laughs> it is fun and look i'm looking to see if for some reason it's been optioned <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it has. Anything's possible. If it has, I've not heard anything about it, but No, I don't I don't think so either. You know, with Quantum and Woody's luck, it'll open opposite the new Ghostbusters. Oh, of course. So. <laughs> um Oh wait, what's this? TV and film on Bleeding Cool last October. It's okay, can you go a little slower? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I I didn't know how this machine worked. <laughs> Like the, the Wi-Fi in our own home sometimes weekly pees. Oh, what the hell? I don't got that long a lifespan anyway. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> uh, if I talk slower, will, will it make it easier for you to come? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you're about you're about two minutes too late. Oh. I'm back to business, baby. Yeah. So anyway, I've got a, I've got a, a white screen that just doesn't want to load load here. But it looks like there was something in October where it was at least being teased on on one site. Okay. That'd be cool to see as a movie. It's it would a, be. It's fun. It's not tied to anything, and it's not huge end of the world stakes. Yes. Biggest stakes in this are the goat wants to know when he can eat sushi again. Uh, okay. So here it is. Um, no, it's about Quantum and Woody must die. Actually, oh, for Christ's sake. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Never mind. It's about it was about this very book. Yes, so <laughs> stupid internet. You know. All right, so you're listening to the show. You got it from the internet. Um, you can find out and let us know. <laughs> All right, we got anything else? No. Yeah, let's. Uh, uh, how we doing on time? It is one forty-two and some change. Good. All right, so it's a it's a little bit shorter this week, but uh, what the hell? So, yes. Uh, don't know how you found this show, but you can always find us at our home uh, home website, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. Uh, we are on Facebook. You can get the link to that through our home site. We uh, are relatively active on Twitter. Yes. I don't know our Twitter handle. Don't you look never... away. Jesus. At Infinite Midlife. <laughs> <laughs> it's at Infinite Midlife. Okay. Uh, we are now on Tumblr. Uh, you can follow us there. That's crisisoninfinitemidlives.tumblr.com. We are available on iTunes. If you found us there, do us a favor. Shoot us a review. Uh, give us a rating that we have some idea. We just like hearing from listeners. We do, we so. do. And if you if you understand the uh, etymology of where the word chippy came from to uh, to be a, a euphemism for a woman, please let us know. Yeah, because otherwise <laughs> we we got to look it up, and uh, I got to do shit for my day job, and the uh, the big game is coming up. So. Yeah, and clearly I suck at look at looking things up on the internet. So <laughs> <laughs> you're not that strong a surfer. I'm really not. <laughs> My web foo, it is weak. It is weak. Um, I can just find like, you know, magical Barbie princess superpower thing. <laughs> and that was extremely, extremely helpful. And killer robots. <laughs> and killer robots. Just in the moment, I, I freeze. Yeah. Panic. And if I start that uh, Kickstarter, we'll let you know where you can contribute to buying us a killer robot. 
Uh, can email us at crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. We are. And uh, I guess that is it. This is a... Uh, Go Sports Bowl! In, oh. <laughs> I'm, we'll also be watching Puppy Bowl. I have no... Yay! It'll, it'll keep Parker the Cat interested. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And if, if you um, if you go to our Facebook page and you were ever curious about Parker, the, the uh, Crisis on Infinite Midlives uh, mascot, there's a picture of, of him. You're so proud of that. I am. He's with our comic books. <laughs> Destroying them as we speak in the other room. All right. So that is it. This has been uh, episode 53 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlives show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening. And uh, derp. Don't look at me like that. (laughs) (laughs) We've given these poor people visual pictures ranging from me masturbating under a desk to a kitten. I like kittens. (laughs) 